are here for a reason. Bring down the Brotherhood, one prayer at a time. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. You are here for a reason. Welcome to Right On Radio, everybody. Uh, this is going to be a very special program, and I'm going to tell you why. Hang on to your seats, because we are going to be doing some celebrating today. I just want to start out by saying, hey, this uh, program is news, views, opinions, and attitudes. And when we say opinions, that's because we don't know everything. I want to be very clear on that. Uh, not everything comes out as fact. Some things are opinion that we're going to be giving, but some of it is educated opinion. And, you know, we always say, listen, reference the word of God. That is your test. And listen, not always do I interpret it properly, as maybe you don't always interpret it properly. We have years of study ahead of us. I look forward to doing the journey with you. Uh, but today is a very special day, and I knew it was going to be special because of my guest. Today, while Jesse is traveling, I've got Cisco here, but I'm going to let you in on something I found out 15 minutes ago that is worth celebrating. Get your chat fingers ready. Jeff is going to make just a little bit of a singing debut. Cisco, happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. Yes, we know it's Cisco's birthday, so we celebrate your life and happy birthday to you. Cisco, it was only 47 years ago that you were a newborn baby. Absolutely. <laughs> 29. <laughs> oh, yes, 29 again. That's right. That's right. Uh, see, we got all the happy birthdays happening in the chat already. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, Cisco, I would not have asked you to work on this special day. I didn't want to take you away from your family or anything like that. But I know you've had a busy day. You sent me a beautiful photo uh, with your family, and I appreciate that. And I just bless you. You're certainly welcome, and it's a privilege to be here with you. I wouldn't want to miss my uh, friends at any cost or any place. You're special to me, and I'm very pleased to be here with you today. I've been up since 5.30, walked into the house knowing I was going to be with you, Jeff, and the family showed up. <laughs> so I'm just now sitting down at 10 till, so <laughs> my mind's a little rattled. But I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you for the interview. Well, it's, it's an honor and a privilege. And uh, we're going to be touching on actually a couple chapters of Cisco's book today, doing a cursory view of them, but with some other things that are prepared today. Uh, and of course, let me just hold it up. Her book is Behold, He Comes on a White Horse. Look how thick this thing is. Like, and... And, and it's not real big type. Let me tell you, this is something that you want to have in your collection. 
There's so much information. It probably could have been about five books, <laughs> to tell you the truth, but it is one massive uh, exposure and glory to God because there's a lot of glory to God given in it. Uh, also, listen, uh, because my guest is here, uh, please consider joining Cisco's Patreon. Uh, she puts out some really great and encouraging stuff. Uh, just, it's a real blessing to see some of the things she puts out. She's very active at it, just like Jesse is, uh, very active and support and communicating with their, uh, Patreons. Now on my Patreon, I'm not active. I don't put out anything. Uh, I just trust that the Lord will bless you. And I thank you for supporting me. What I do put out is all the shows. <laughs> so, uh, that's, uh, kind of my thing, but Cisco, Wow, we've got some interesting things to put together today, and uh, they're not going to all make sense how they come together, but I think it will tie in at the end. And one of the first things I wanted to start out with, Cisco, are you familiar with the secret spells of the English language? Not to the place that I converse talk about it today. I'd have to refresh my mind and think about it or else you trigger something. Well, so I'm going to play this and it's, uh, I'm going to play a few, a couple clips for you, ladies and gentlemen today, because it's just best if you hear it rather than me explain it, uh, sometimes. And so this is a, just a little bit over, uh, two minutes. It's like a, a TikTok video. Uh, many of you have probably already seen it, but I think it ties in uh, to some of what we're going to see in uh, in church speak, even uh, that's going on right now, and it, it might it just might be related. So let me just share the screen here. And and by the way, for uh, those of you on Podbean, uh, you are not going to be missing anything as far as uh, visual. It's the words that uh, mean most here. So let me just do this and make sure that the box is checked. Yes. We'll go with this one. All right, Cisco, listen carefully and then tell me what you think after hearing this video. So what do I mean by the secret spells of the English language? Well, let me share with you what I call our premier life sentence. And it goes something like this. We awake each morning and go off during the weekdays to earn up the living at various jobs and undertakings until we come to the weekend. And this seems perfectly acceptable to most people. However, more people die between six and nine on a Monday morning than any other time of the week. So I do what I call a translation of the English language, and I spell that T-R-A-N-C-E with the idea that words cast spells. So when you translate that life sentence, you remember that awake is a funeral party for the dead. Morning is the state you're in when you attend awake. And you would have to be in a week days to earn the living, since urns are for the ashes of the dead. We call our jobs undertakings. Job itself is a Hebrew word for persecuted. And what we get at the end of this perverse bargain with life is the weak end of the deal. 
as we become progressively weakened ourselves. And so our most prevalent greeting to each other is hello, the reverse of which is oh hello. And at first, I suspected the hands of collusion entangling the language to foster illusion. And I think it's quite true that a culture's theology has a great deal to do with the word's etymology and how it evolves over time to combine incompatible meanings that may undermine the original thoughts it was meant to define. But now... I don't think it's planned, for the thing that I've found is that like concepts can gravitate toward the same sound and vibrate at the rate that our thoughts designate. Because words are electromagnetic vibrations whose fine alphabetic tintinabulations can take on the tint of our true expectations, which they then imprint on our metal of mind, causing sounds to adhere when they're of the same kind. Ooh, that is so heavy. Isn't it? When you think about it, and just in that life sentence, those words, you know, mourning, to yearn, to, you know, just all these things to get to the weekend. And, man, what's going on? Well, language has a life of its own. And... The, you have to go back to the root of a word. And a lot of times, many of the roots to the words that we speak are very dark. And there's also a, fragrant, a frequency with words. And it's too deep to go into that right now, Jeff. It's a very deep subject. It has to do with mind control. Uh programming and it's a very very deep subject and it's not something i could even begin to touch but, but what that person just said have, was literally there they are vibrations yes, obviously yes but words are either life or death and when you look at a root word you think it's life but really it's death it's hard to explain it. Uh, well, I, I can give you a, a perfect word, example. Because a word has a word has a meaning. And what is the meaning behind that word? And with that word comes a vibration because your body and your mind is going to pick up on the hidden language. Because I have a perfect rooted. example of that, okay, Cisco. Let's go. Let's go. How many in the audience, and I want to see the comments. I'm going to watch the chat a little bit more tonight. Uh, how many in the audience celebrated when you finally got your first home because you got your first mortgage? Mortgage uh -huh. means room. a measure of death. Yes. That's what I was saying. Every word has a meaning and you have to go to the root of the meaning of the word. And your mind, because... We were so fearfully and beautifully made in God. We don't understand our mind and how powerful it really is. The average person really does not understand how vast, at what level our mind really works. 
well, it's been suppressed and the enemy's yeah. done everything to hide our true identities from exactly. us. And it goes right back to the garden, the first lie, you know, surely right. God didn't say that to you, you know? <laughs> It's you know it's it's literally trying to hide because no God said that because you will surely die you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's why they always want to use people because we have authority being made in His image mm -hmm. higher than the angels we're lower a little bit now but we are higher in our authority yes so now that I put out that and I. I think I wanted to play that because when you hear some preachers and, and by the way, I don't know if they're good or bad folks. I'm just going to, we're just going to put it out there. Well, Cisco has some definite opinions. I have my opinions, but it doesn't matter. God is the only judge. Okay. Uh, so we don't want to offend you. Uh, however, I want you to start looking for things and looking for patterns and speech and things like that. For instance, someone who prophesies, when they start to prophesy, does their voice change? Like all of a sudden they get into a different cadence and a different, it's almost like they're under a spell. Uh, and, you know, uh, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. I don't know. It just seems a little bit odd to me. Seems like a little bit of uh, possession or channeling going on. Hypnosis. And I have mentioned hypnosis a number of times because I have studied it. I've never been a hypnotist or anything like that, but I have studied it because I was curious. I saw a couple hypnotist comedy shows and they were funny <laughs> as crap and I wanted to see how they were doing it. And But when I see what they do in a lot of churches. You go in, they'll dim the lights. They'll start off with a prayer or something, you know, good. And then they go into the music and they start off super up-tempo and then they bring the tempo down. And then, you know, the person comes on to bring in the tithe because they just did this real emotional ride. They had your emotions straight up. Now you're down into this deep love and you want to give to the one you love. And there's a reason why all the churches are trained to do it a certain way. And they, they don't, they might not know they're doing good or bad, but they're putting someone into basically they're accessing the subconscious mind. It's a hypnotic state. It is. I've seen it. I know exactly what it is. So, you know, all these things and the cadence. So even with the music, if they, they always start out with the fast paced stuff and then they slow it down. The cadence has a lot to do with this. You're correct. You're absolutely correct, uh, Jeff. Um, and we're going to get to Catherine. You're dealing with, you have to realize you're dealing with frequencies. I guess what I'm thinking at the moment is um, Rockefellers. After after World War II, the Rockefellers, uh, they knew they had to change the frequency of the music in the churches. And if I, I'd have, it's been so many years. I think that was four four hertz. 
it, it I was remember it was four yeah it was 432 and i think it was 1939 yeah, yeah. it was it actually originally with the nazis but you're right with the rockefellers right. and they're all in the same club right uh, and they changed they had, it to 440 yeah yeah and what they had to do is they they knew that they had to change the frequency of the music oh man this goes back so many years jeff they had to change the frequency of the music because they needed to bring in the demonic strongholds within the churches because at the at the pitch in which they were singing it was heavenly it went straight to the throne room of god and it was in the in the chords that the angels sing okay they said we well, can't have a new world order and we can't have uh what we want for the future if we don't change the frequency of the music so they changed it uh i i've forgotten like I said, you said yeah. If they went to four forty, yeah. And, and the reason they the reason they did that, Jeff, is because that was the doorway to the satanic beat. And when you and all the churches still play in that same frequency, your pianos, all of your instruments, everything. So you've got God coming through the front door, and you got Satan coming through the back door. And it creates such a confusion, a confusion within the body of Christ because they're in conflict continually, all the time, between good and evil. Because you got God coming here and Satan coming in through the back door with his frequencies. And what frequencies did that bring in? That brought in the rock and roll, and it brought in the African drum, and the African dance. Yeah. And then you link. Then you link dem demonic frequency frequency with Kundalini magic. What a wonderful way to bring in the dark forces with Kundalini magic is through the music that you play in the church. I and didn't know that they were related. Oh, very much related because when they're playing that, they they're praised most people believe they're really worshiping the Lord and in their heart they are, but they're through the back door they're bringing in, they're opening up the gates of hell. And when they open up the gates of hell, they're bringing in all the spirits, whether it's, uh, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's drug addicts, whether it's alcoholism, it doesn't matter. It's the spirits from the adept, from hell itself. So then you've got the body of Christ dealing with all of this demonic realm that's being manifested in the house of the Lord. And what so is more stuff to suppress us. But but the Lord hears your heart. If you're Absolutely truly worshiping the Lord. That's, you know, God is so good. But that doesn't mean that we're not, that when we're in, we fight against the principalities of darkness in high places. And that's, those doors, when they open, they're very strong, very powerful. And then you have uh, false gifts. They also... Through this music, the false gifts of the Holy Spirit are brought in. Through this, through this singing. See, it's a doorway. It is a terrible, yeah. terrible, powerful doorway. And most people have no clue. And who is responsible for this? The Rockefellers. Yeah. And I mean, I haven't thought of this in 45 years. So uh, I'm sorry that I don't remember the frequencies. I, 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 I thought it was four, four Hertz, but 
Yeah, no, 440, uh, 440, and it was 432. Okay. 432 is more, and, you know, just when you listen to it, it, it 440, just there's something that puts you a little bit off, not at ease. Well, have you thought about all the churches that have rock and roll in their churches? They have all these harsh bands. Do you really think they're glorifying God? What frequency are they playing in? What spirits are they bringing up from the adept? What spirits are they really dealing with? Because I'm telling you from what I've seen through the years, it has nothing to do with the God I know, nothing to do with the spirit of the Holy Spirit that I know, the moving of the Holy Spirit that I know. It quenches my spirit, makes me sick, and I want out of that environment. And when I know when my spirit is quenched and I can tell that the Holy Spirit is grieved, I'm out of there. That tells me something is wrong. And all of these bands that are to bring in the young people, that is the Antichrist church. They're building an Antichrist church that looks good, but it's not. And, and so, Cisco, I just want to point out to you that I sang happy birthday in 432 for you. Thank you. <laughs> Not that I really have that good of an ear to discern <laughs> or a voice, but we're going to get, we're going to come full circle back to the music and, and things like that and what, uh, what's happening there. But I wanted to start out with some, a name that most people are not going to know. And uh, it's a big name and the name is Amy Semple. McPherson, and that's Amy with A-I-M-E-E, -E, Semple, as in Temple, but with an S, and McPherson. Uh, she was born in the 1800s and really was the first woman faith healer uh, that really made it big, let's say. She opened up the door many ways. And, and many people suggest that that was when the church was really infiltrated for the first time in a big way. I and, agree with you. And with Amy, uh, now, listen, I, I've tried to double check. There's some researchers that have some stuff out there. Just because someone says it's on the internet doesn't make it true. So I want to be clear about that. However, uh, it does seem to be credible that she was born into a Masonic family. Uh, by the way, in Toronto, Ontario, uh, father was in a lodge. She got hooked up with the uh, OTO, which is like the Golden Dawn Crowley stuff. And right. then she goes down to the state. She becomes this big, uh, well, she, then, so she gets, she's doing the church. She gets ordained in a church by a big name. Then she goes to China, and this is like 1920s. So to go for the United States to China, you know, you're in some good company. Most people couldn't afford that. She goes to China. She comes back with all these faith healing gifts. And, you know, she's got handlers around her, the Masonic handlers and stuff like that. She becomes a big movie star. And actually, she's more well-known to be a movie star, though she was a big time preacher. 
And why do I bring this person up? Well, and, and by the way, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. If, if you if you want to go down a rabbit hole, Amy Semple McPherson. Um, she was the one who built the, uh, oh, what's it called? The Angelus Temple outside of Los Angeles. Uh, she had a castle built for her. And you can still even go and do virtual tours of this castle. And you see Masonic symbols all through it. The black and white floors. Like, you know, and it's really the cathedral. Checkerboard. Yes, is the checkerboard, checkerboard board. Uh, right yeah. there is a, a, is a, that is a sign to an outsider or to an insider that she is linked to Masonic. Church. Well, and plus just kind of building a castle, you know, like it, it didn't look like a nice house. It looked like a castle, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I just bring her up, uh, the, the, the roots and that that's a whole other story, but she was really the forerunner for Catherine Kuhlman. Yes, she was. And some people and by the way, that's okay. I, I'm not her judge, okay? I'm just saying I got the EBGBs when I watched some of her stuff. Uh, Cisco had the chance to be in the same room with her. Cisco, you want to repeat what you felt? With Catherine Kuhlman? Yes. Um, well, <laughs> it made me sick. Literally, spiritually sick. Uh, at that time in my life, I hadn't remembered my history, but my front system loved the Lord and I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I had the gifts operating in my life. And like I said, there was myself, my husband and several other ministers and we all just, our spirits were just quenched. And we made the choice not to go back. We didn't go back to the second service because we knew something was wrong. We knew something was wrong. We just didn't know exactly what it was, but we knew it wasn't of God. We, our spirits, I mean, when, sometimes when the Lord reveals things to you, there'll come a weeping of sorrow. And I had such a sorrow and such a grieving in my spirit when I watched her. My spirit was just, grieving i mean i grieved i just wept before the lord i knew there was something wrong but i was young and i had no clue what it was it wasn't until years later that i was able to put the pieces together but i was and by the way i wasn't alone in that yeah i wasn't alone in that no there was nine people with you i believe if i recall the story correctly to follow her ministry and never did and now listen uh, I'm sure there's thousands of testimonies of people getting healed at her ceremonies or, or her services, I guess I should say. Uh, well, you know, God, Jeff, God is merciful. God looks at our hearts. And I believe when faith arises in the heart, God looks at, the, at your heart because God's word is alive. It's ever living. And when it pierces your spirit and it comes alive, God is faithful. He'll, I believe God can heal. But I also know that she operated in the false gifts of the Holy Spirit. And for every spirit that she had, there's every every gift that God has, there is a mirror image of it in the dark side. 
And many of those people were healed, but they came down with something else. Satan will be happy to take it away from you, but believe me, there's a price to pay when you're under the false anointing, under apostasy, and then something else will happen. You'll become sick with something else. There's always a trade-off. And that's what the church doesn't realize. There's always a trade-off. Yes, people are healed. How can I say it any clearer than that? But something else always happens. Because you're going to pay the price for that first healing. Because Satan always asks for something in return. Now, but it, it is always possible that God just does it on his own too. Because God is God can do whatever God that's wants what to I do. Say, so. When the word, the word of God, even... When the word of God is preached, either by someone that is of the dark side or not the dark side, those that are walking in holiness, in righteousness, and are truly born again, and under that anointing of the Holy Spirit, when that word is brought forth, it is alive. And when it touches your heart, it's like a light bulb that goes on, and God respects his word. He honors his word. And if you believe it, I believe God can do it in any situation. I've known people that have never known anything about God at all. And God has been faithful and healed them. So God, you know, God is such a beautiful Savior. He, he's such a loving God. He's such a loving God. He is. So I'm bringing up all these old time people because this is really the infiltration of the church. And we're going to bring this up to modern day today. Now... Again, I'm not the person. I you can just look at this, and I and I chose a clip of Catherine Coleman. I, by the way, am I okay to play this with you, Cisco? Is this going to affect yeah, you at all? You can play it. I'll just plead the blood while you plead, and I I advise everyone else to plead the blood. Father, we just ask you in the name of Yeshua Hamashiach. Father, as we uh, look upon this tape, we ask you, Lord, to cover us with your precious the blood of Jesus. Cover us, Lord. And let no spirits that are attached to this this film attach themselves to us in any way, shape, or form, but cover us in the blood and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And and by the way, I'm glad. Thank you so much for doing that. And by the way, we, we do pray before the broadcast as well. So, um but so listen, and, and you know, uh, maybe you're going to think that uh, this person is great. Uh, but remember, we talked about word magic, and remember, we talked about cadence, and you bring certain words up and then certain words down. These are the things that I'm looking for. And now, if you're, you know, listening on Podbean, you're gonna be able to hear that. But if you're watching on video, I also want you to just look. And you know, I I always tend to look at the eyes, but you know, some of the hand gestures and things like that. It's uh. You know, uh, and I don't know much about this stuff. I'm just learning. But there's something trippy about it. Let me say that. Uh, which And also, Jeff, I think it's important that people really realize that uh, within apostasy, we're dealing with the Masonic Church. And the infiltration is very Masonic and very dark. And if when you look at it at that perspective, you can see that her gestures are very demonic because it's it's Satanism, it's witchcraft. Even the gestures. The gestures are very witchcraft. This right here is a puppet. That gesture right there with the 
that is she is telling those that are that know I am a puppet. I'm a puppet. So that that's interesting that you say that, and and here's why. So I want to tell why I chose this clip, and I'm going to play about three minutes of it because I don't want to be accused of taking it out of context or anything like that. Um, so first of all, before this point where the video is frozen, uh, she's talking about friends are a rare thing. You won't have many friends, less than one hand, essentially. But what she says here, and the title of the video is Catherine Coleman reveals the secret of her ministry, part three of six. And this part here, Cisco, is where she describes herself. Because she said she was a mystery, mysterious person, led a very mysterious life. But here, in her own words, describes herself. So let's watch a, a few minutes of this video. I want you to know the real Catherine The one who lives with just one purpose. Keep me. Regardless of the price, I'm human. Don't get the idea that I'm not human. I'm more human probably than anyone else in this place today. And besides that, I'm a woman. I was a woman before I ever became a preacher. I'm a woman. I'm a human. I have emotions. I feel deeply. If I didn't feel deeply, how in the world could I feel for that one who is something deepest? He has given me a love that is so priceless. I can't carefully what would God do with the most expensive jewel in the world. Think of the most expensive gem in the world. And it's God carefully. And the thing that I got so carefully is this priceless jewel that I have. My love for the masses. My love for people. But it's, but it's a, a supernatural, supernatural love. love. I tell you, the God's truth that I stood before someone for whom I to pray, knowing that I had no healing virtue, knowing that I had no power to heal that one. And there was an overpowering love for that one. Where literally I have prayed silently if it cost me my life. 
Please heal that one. Something I, I can't explain to you. It's something that's spiritual. It's something that's spiritual. Some of you young people may know what I'm talking about. Some may never know what I'm talking about. Some may never know. Oh, but it's something it is. It's a gift. Paul knew it. Paul understood it. And you knew his right. It was his priceless Nothing else. Anything to <laughs> People were telling me to stop sharing. <laughs> so, this is so dark. I mean, this is so dark. It is very, very dark. Very, very dark. That's all I can say. You know, her voice is so hypnotic. <clears throat> And the spirits that are being spewed. Look at her body language. Well, you know, some people say she was just very dramatic because she no. was on stage and, and no. things like But she, there's a couple said, things. And remember we talked about the word magic at the top of yes, the yes, program. Yes. She's saying this precious jewel. And it's this love for the masses. You know, it, it's like, and, and it's a supernatural gift that's this jewel. It's, you know, there's just, maybe I'm, re listen, maybe I'm gone over the edge and I'm hearing things I shouldn't be hearing. I don't know. She said, she said, I am human. Didn't she not say I'm human? And I was a woman. And I'm before a woman. Before I was a preacher. Well, a demon I'm, a, I, I'm human, more human than anyone. Well, a, a demon is trying to. A demon is saying, I am human and I am a woman. Now, nobody in their right mind would stand in the pulpit and say, I'm a woman. And I mean, people wake up, see it for yourself. It is so demonic. It makes me sick. I can't even think. It's kind of like it just makes me sick. And I'm sure listeners are feeling the same way. As the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead you into truth. So I want to read will always, Remember, the demons always want to take on humanism. They want to be human. They want to be gods. They want to be as God created Adam and Eve and created us in the image of his likeness. They want to be human. That, if you sound nothing else, that should really stand out in your thoughts. It's saying, I am human, and I want, I am a woman. What identity is it taking on? That's what I heard, Cisco. Now, I'm, I'm going to take this a little bit further, okay. and I'm just going to give a cursory overview of some stuff that I've read. And, and some of this stuff comes out of Benny Hinn's book, by the way. Uh, okay. Benny Hinn really put her up on a pedestal, you might say. Uh, anyways, so one of the things is, you know, that's being said is she was one of the very first evangelical Pentecostal uh, person who was really bringing religions together uh, towards a one world religion. And she really yeah. didn't even want to perform unless she had Catholic priests yeah, yes. on the altar with her at the time. Yeah. Um, so and didn't she also go before the Pope at one time and kiss his she, ring? She, 
Yes, and he gave her a beautiful gold medallion of a dove. Ooh. And then, but I want to just talk about this one part because it, it's actually quoting, uh, it's telling something that happened in real life. And this is towards the end of her career before she died at 68 years old. Um, and by the way, she had married a man who was divorcing his wife to marry her. And, you know, that was very scandalous, especially when you think about the time, you know, before the fifties in particular, like it, before the sixties, even in the sixties and seventies, it was pretty scandalous to even get divorced. And, but when you're in the public eye and you're a preacher and a healer. Well, you certainly weren't in the Pentecostal churches allowed to be in the pulpit if you were divorced. Yeah. So I want to just read this part here. I looked up to see Catherine burying her head in her hands as she began to sob. She sobbed and sobbed so loudly that everyone came to a standstill. The music stopped. The ushers froze in their positions. Everyone had their eyes on her. And for the life of me, I had no idea why she was sobbing. I've never seen a minister do that before. What was she crying about? It was told later that she had never done anything like that before, and members of her staff uh, remember it to this day. It continued to, for what it seemed to be like two minutes. Then she thrust back her head, and there she was, just a few free feet in front of me. Her eyes were aflame. She was alive. In that instant, she took on a boldness that I had never seen before in any other person. She pointed her finger straight out with enormous power and emotion, even pain. If the devil himself had been there, she would have flicked him aside with just a tap. It was a moment of incredible dimension. Still sobbing, she looked out at the audience and said with such agony, please, she seemed to stretch out the word, please, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. She was begging. If you can imagine a mother pleading with a killer not to shoot her baby, it was like that. She begged and pleaded. Please, she sobbed. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Even now, I could see in her eyes as if I was looking straight at me. And when she said it, you could have dropped a pin and heard it. It was afraid to breathe. I didn't move a muscle. I was holding onto the pew in front of me, wondering what would happen next. Then she said, don't you understand he's all I've got? And I thought, what is she talking about? Then she continued her impassioned plea saying, please don't wound him. He's all I've got. Don't wound the one I love. She was talking about her precious gift and asking, don't wound the one she loves. At least that's how this reads. Well, weeping is not unusual in the cult, by the way. Uh, weeping, many times, it harvests or brings forth weeping spirits, grieving spirits. Yeah. And it's, it's, so. um, it's a form of channeling. Uh, that type of weeping is it'd be classified as channeling dark spirits. 
And then we get to the man himself, uh, Benny Hinn, which you write extensively in your book about in uh, chapter 24. And what's interesting to me, and the reason I found Amy Semple McPherson is because of Catherine Kuhlman. Mm-hmm. Apparently, their graves are very close together in, and by the way, it's like a franchise, Forest Lawn Cemeteries. And then you look up Forest Lawn Cemeteries and they have a museum and they're doing like kind of weird art displays at a cemetery, museum. Okay. That doesn't sound creepy at all. But Benny Hinn, in his own words, he's on video saying this. He's wrote it in his book. Cisco has documented it in her book. Benny Hinn, because he says he first felt the Holy Ghost at a Catherine Coleman event. He couldn't get enough. Then he brought friends to go get healed there, uh, you know, and he got filled with the Holy Spirit from being at her event. Then obviously he becomes a big time preacher, but what he says is when he really got his anointing is when he visited the graves of both Amy Mm -hmm. and Catherine. Thank you, Nancy. He went to Catherine's grave first Mm -hmm. and he felt it come upon him. And then he walked over to Amy's grave. And it was like a jolt. He was filled and ready to go. Now, to be absent from the body, Cisco, is to be with the Lord or to be in the other place. So it's not actually Catherine's anointing or Amy's anointing, is it? No, it's it's the spirits from within the adept. You're calling up the spirits of from hell. The same spirits, uh, uh, false spirits that they had uh, through ecromancy, calling up the spirits of the dead, he, he ushered in the spirits that covered them. Is that simple enough? Yeah, well, that that's the I'm only thing to keep that it makes simple. Yeah. It's the only thing that makes sense. Well, because he was so he went there with intention. In other words, he was in because he was in the meeting with her. He already had had a sheath that was over him, so the same spirits that were on Catherine were the same spirits that were on him. So when he went to the grave, those familiar spirits knew each other, and he just got a double portion. Yeah. That's why they like graveyards. That's why they call it likes graveyards. They can get double portions. So what is it about graveyards that fascinate people and, and in the paranormal and stuff like that? And I don't think they're all Satanists or anything like that, no. but they're, 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 just, the, the spirit isn't there. No, because when you, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord or otherwise. And uh, those spirits have to linger and go somewhere. 
They're waiting for a temple. This when you die, that's why when a when an occultist dies, they want those family members to be with that individual that is dying so they can take the last breath with them. So that you can pull those demons into you because you become the receptacle. Their receptacle in death becomes empty, and that receptacle is passed. What's in that receptacle is passed on to you through the kiss of death. And if there's nobody there to receive those demons, then they will linger over the grave until there is someone that has opened the channel for them to come in. Does that help, help you understand? No, it, it does. It does a lot. And, you know, Benny Hinn tells a story of uh, then going, bringing eight blind people to Catherine Coleman's grave site, and they all walked away with their sight. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Because as far as I know from the research I did for many years, I never found anyone that was healed. Well, as I say, it's just it's just his uh his own writings. So whether it did, happened or not, I don't know. But I did talk to individuals that worked on his staff that in the back uh they would be smoking their crate pipes. And even a lot, several of his workers died of overdose, a smoking crate. So where's that spirit coming from? Yeah. And, and of course, he is a man uh, who's still alive. He's still with us. And he claims to have come clean. But, of course, he was exposed multiple times, uh, fake healings, uh, definitely the prosperity gospel, just, you know, really ruthlessly taking people who are down on their last little bit who need hope and taking the last dollars out of their pockets. That's true. That's disgusting. But you know what? Here's the good news. If he really did repent and turn away from that, he really is saved. And I suggest we pray for him. You know, um, I think, you know, that would be a beautiful story. But he should tell all. You know, if you're really going to repent... Well, let's take what's hidden in the dark and put it in the light. All right, Cisco, I have some more, but if you want to bring out anything in particular, uh, you're more than welcome to. Otherwise, I'm going to go on to more modern times. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to mention what the Baker's Evangelical um, Dictionary says what apostasy is. Oh, please. That's good. And the dictionary says that apostasy involves uh, to move away or to go away from the faith. It's an act of unpardonable rebellion against God. Apostasy is rebellion against God, okay? And apostasy means deviation uh, towards error or and a belief in a non-biblical teaching. In other words, 
what I saw in Catherine Kuhnman, I can't find it scripturally to be scripturally based. Okay. And so let's let us define the word apostasy from the Greek and the Hebrew. Uh, the Greeks uh, sees apostasy like a stone of offense or a stumbling block or a, or a stone where you trip over it or you fall over it and it comes suddenly and unexpectedly in other words you get, we go to the we go to these meetings and all of a sudden we're trapped suddenly in apostasy and we don't even know we're tripped up we are tripped up and we do not know what happens it's unexpected we're not expecting this to happen but we have just stumbled over the stone okay in the hebrew word the meaning is even more um evocative okay it means the harlot's ways i find that quite interesting apostasy means the church leadership will sell out the body of the believer and the majority of the christians won't see it coming it will huh. it'll catch them unaware but the leadership will see it coming and make a covenant for their own increase. In other words, they made a covenant with the devil as they uh, manifest the hearts of the wounded. Manipulate, I meant. Manipulate, as they manipulate the hearts of the, of the wounded in order that they might make the changes they all desire in their ministry. Now, the reason why that is so important, and that's what the dictionary says. The reason why that's so important is we're looking at masonry. We're looking at witchcraft. We're looking at a new world order church. We're looking at uh, apostasy where the true anointing of the most high God is taken out of the church and it is infiltrated with demonic hordes. Yeah. See how that fits so beautifully? And remember what the word says. The Bible clearly teaches us teaches us the end time church could be characterized by apostasy. It was Apostle Paul that warned the church when he said that the Antichrist will not be revealed until the apostasy comes first. And that is Second Thessalonians yeah. 2, 3. And Yahweh God said that many would fall away. When you enter into apostasy and you send into this false anointing and these false teachers, you have fallen away from righteousness. And within the apostasy, the fallen church is guilty of their sin. Because, because they've associated with it, okay? Or by endorsement. So even the association of sitting under these cults and these ministries separates you from God. Many will fall away. And I hope you hear that message. This is why Jeff and I push this so hard. <laughs> 
is because we are, we're looking at a new world order church. The endorsement, these ministers that endorse these evangelists stand behind them financially. They're endorsing this, this cult. And then the church, remember the church doesn't know. They're trapped. They've fallen over the stone, not knowing what happened. They've, they've become associated with it. And spirits like spirits. They always like company. And uh, this, is a, this is a sin against the Holy Spirit. This is a sin against the Holy Spirit. He grieves the Holy Spirit. It's such a sad time that we live in, Cisco. And yes, it is. You know, we're called to go to church. We are called to be part of the congregation. I just think right now, because of really the depravity of the time that we live in, we have to be more like the Acts Church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I you agree. know, there's a there's a reason why you know God has directed us to go there right now and uh, in our studies and. You know, yeah, I think it's more houses, folks. It's uh, less feel-good stuff. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying you're in a bad church if you're going to a church. I don't know. I I'm, know the Lord has his good churches out there. And, you know, I know of a couple that are good and uh, support them, but they're usually on the smaller side, Yeah, I would say. I mean, this is, you know, this isn't an easy message. But you're not going to hear this message from the pulpit, or at least within the majority of the churches. When you've got Masons in the pulpit, and you've got Masons teaching, and Masons that are elders in your own churches, you think they're going to tell you this truth? Do you think they're going to tell you that they have made backdoor oaths unto Lucifer to bring in the New World Order? Do you really think these pastors are going to tell you the truth? Well, and some of them might not even know it. They're just following their training because That's they true. went to seminary, right? They they could be good people. They could be. They're just following their good training. People that have fallen into the trap. And and so, and and you know, here's the other thing. When when these people start to get big, let's say someone even has a prophetic gift, and let's say they're they've got a real prophetic calling on them. I just want to tell you the trap that gets set for them. Oh man, you know, Cisco, your prophetic word is so good. I got to have you on my TV show. Then you go on the TV show and then, hey, can you make these appearances? And you get all this stuff starts lining up for, for people, right? That And they're, they're a good person. They're good intention. They love the Lord, yeah. love the Lord all their lives. And they get set up with all these different business dealings. They get into this and there's all kinds of money involved. And then the snakes are surrounding them. Mm-hmm. And then what happens they might not even do anything wrong, but they've been put in association yes. with something very wrong, and yes. now they're blackmailed. And then they're yes. stuck with this impossible choice. If I say anything about this, my entire ministry collapses, the That's media right. is all over me, or I just don't say these couple things that they've told me not to say. At least I'm still preaching the word of God. Exactly. And that's an impossible place for someone to get put into. Yes. I can tell you that it happens. It happens all the time. Because I know the way the world works. It happens all the time. Yeah. 
would you go to uh, read something, Jeff, out of it, chapter 24? You were going to read something? 24? You want to go 24? Go ahead. All right. Well, I've got 27 pulled up in front of me, but I can okay, get to 24. That's the Kundalini magic, or else you want to go 24. I don't care which one you go to. What, what, you tell me where to go, and I will read what you want. Uh, do you want to talk about Kundalini magic? Or do you, let's go 24. All right. Give me a second. I just got to find it. Here we are. Ch chapter 24, apostasy. All right, which part would you like me to read? Just start at the top and stop when you were ready. I've the, spirit, the spirit of Yahweh has departed from most churches in America because of the spirit of apostasy. The whole of the word of God is a testament or will be by the blood of the testator. The very character of the ethos of the Holy Scripture is salvation by the precious blood of Yeshua Messiah. It is the crimson cord that traces its way from the beginning to the end through the Garden of Eden to the book of Revelation. To take away or tear down this eternal life force that is forever present in the living word of God is to destroy the revelation knowledge of God through Yeshua, Yeshua Messiah. Christ shed his blood and sacred death was sufficient for the sanctification from sin through the ages of time and it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <coughs> Excuse me. The Bible repetitively repeats God's promise to preserve his word when he says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Matthew 24, 35. The grass withereth and the flowers fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. Isaiah 40, number eight. So why does God permit his children to not only be pasteurized by his shepherds, but to be attacked by wolves in sheep's clothing who disguise themselves as ministers of the cloth in order to seize the sheep on the sly as they preach a false gospel to the world. God could stand in the gap and put a stop to the blasphemous doctrines that are being taught by these wolves, but he doesn't for two specific reasons. Paul said to the Corinthians, for there must also be heresies amongst you that they were which are approved and made manifest among you. 1 Corinthians 11 to 19. So what is God saying here? He's telling us that if the pure doctrine of God were not attacked, it would never really be clear in the hearts of men on how to divide the word properly. If a false teacher is given a platform from which to preach his fake gospel, a true believer, it will become clear who is faithful and pure to the word of God, for the faith is upright and tested and tried. A Christian will study to show himself approved and will be motivated by the Holy Spirit to search the word of God earnestly and to know every word attentively 
when heretical doctrines are being taught and the wolves that have come to steal the blessing are viciously attacking the word of God, it is imperative that the church searches the scriptures for foundational truth. <clears throat> With divine truth, the true believer in Christ will grow in divine wisdom and assurance that he or she is holding fast, faithful, the word that hath been taught, that he may be able to, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince of the gainsayers. Titus 1-9. Heretics are nothing else but the whetstone of the church, whereby we learn words of the sword of the spirit and increasing adaptiveness. That is such a great point, Cisco. What page are you on right now? I got interfered by my cat. I think you wanted to find out who you were. He was wanting to get on my keyboard. <laughs> so I lost track of where you are. Who's uh, reading mommy's book or grandma's book? Yes, yes I know. <laughs> but what page are you on? <laughs> but you know what? I, I just love the point that you made there because, you know, we question why there's hurt in the world. Well, how would we know good unless there was evil? But that's the same way in the church. It's to get, it's God prodding us yes. to press in deeper to him and ultimately have his word be the final word. Absolutely. That is such a brilliant point. It is. Go to, uh, Jeff, continue on page 238 and where it says at the top of the page, the sheep clothing cannot be camouflaged. All right, just give me a second. Let me find that. I think my cat liked your voice, Jeff. <laughs> so I don't see the part where it says wolves and sheep's clothing. I it's see on that. Page 238. All right, I've got it on a Word document, so okay. it's a little bit bigger. Uh, what? Basically the Lord the is the judge page. and jury? Is that the part? Uh, just above that one paragraph. Oh, I see it. Oh, I see it. Okay. The sheep's clothing cannot camouflage the cry of the wolf. Acts 20, verse 29, warns us that grievous wolves enter in among you in order to get the sheepfold to attack the sheep. This is no marvel, for Satan himself can transform into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works, 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 14 and 15. Now go down to the next paragraph. That's real important. All right. The Lord is judge. The Lord is judge and jury of all things, and his eyes go forth throughout his established universe, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, 1 Corinthians 10, 26. When one studies the Old Testament history, it teaches us that man cannot escape God's righteous judgments, for within the laws of remembrance, God's cup of righteous indignation became full. God is absolute, just, and holy in all his ways, and he will not be mocked. 
God cannot ignore or forget sin in his actions are determined by the cup of sin when it is filled to an unbearable level. He always allows sin to fill its own cup, and when the cup is full, he searches among the guilty to be certain that the righteous are not unholy judged with the wicked. However, as the cup of filth is poured out on the church of God, you can now you can know that there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in light, and by which ye have spoken in the ear in the closet shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Luke 12, 2-3. Yahweh, God, is the integrity of his own words, and every commandment and truth will play a part in the day of judgment. Did not Yahweh say? And then read the last verse. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet, and hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place, and your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand, when the overflowing scourge shall pass away, then ye shall be trodden down. Isaiah 28, 17 to 18. I think that just gave us like all the answers. <laughs> it's true. Oh, you know what? I see something right here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bethel Church, Bill Johnson, and Graham Cook? Thank you, Kyler, for that because that's where I was going to go. <laughs> I'm not familiar with them. Uh, Jeff, so one. Bethel Church is a very big worldwide charismatic church movement. Oh, is that in California? Yes. I know who it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, listen, I've got the pictures up here. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play any more video for you tonight. I, we don't need to, but I'll just tell you. Um, so Bethel is responsible for much of the popular Christian music out there today. We can go into Hillsong another day because uh, they're big as well. But Bethel in particular lines up with today's topic because they actively encourage right from the top of the organization, look at their Facebook page, videos on grave soaking. The pastor, the head pastor, his wife. Did I hear you right? Grave soaking is what they call it. It's to get the anointing. So there's pictures of, for instance, the oh, uh, main pastor's wife on C.S. Lewis's grave because she wants to be that brilliant. And they encourage their worship teams to do it. They, the they, they make videos of themselves doing it. I'm going to Wesley. I'm going to John Wesley's grave. I'm going to this person's grave. This is okay. Let me say something here. When 
because everything that God is is within the essence of who he is. It's within his innermost being as it's poured out through his creation. When he made Adam, his blueprint was already in the earth. Yeah. And when God called Adam forth out of the dust of the earth, he laid prostrate over him outstretched arms, leg to leg, arm to arm, mouth to mouth. And he breathed into him the living soul. God's presence, okay? What they are doing in this church is they're laying prostrate over the grave and they're pulling up spirits from the adept. This is so demonic, it's scary. And they're, 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 they're walking Satan. in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Satan, is what they're saying. Satan has no Satan has no original thought of his own. Everything that God is, was, and will be, Satan has to mirror image it because he has no, no original thought of his own. He's a copycat. So as God laid over Adam, now you lay over the grave and you pull up demons from the abyss. It's a mirror image. Can you see that? Yeah. This is very, very dark. Very, very dark. It's scary. It's so dark. And and the, the video is these young kids, but there's all kinds. Like they've got, there's so much on it with these people doing this and yeah this is uh this is the oh new my world goodness, church yeah. this is the new world church you could be a superhero that's why they're showing us in these movies you could have those superpowers oh absolutely Just do this and don't and believe me some of them are real absolutely you they think are it's just you ever heard of a a very powerful witch riding on a broomstick through the universe We've seen it in movies. They have the ability to do it. That's not a myth. They yeah. have the ability to do it, to travel the universe on their little broomstick. And it's true. That's not that's not a myth. So, but you know what? We've all had that image of a witch on a broom mm -hmm. for all these years. And they're telling us is what you're saying. They're telling you there's putting it right out there in front. But people, like so many other things, they just go, oh, myth. Well, that's a relief now because <laughs> I gave my wife a new broom and she is still with me. She has not taken off. <laughs> so I know that my wife has the real anointing. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't. I'm going to get in trouble somehow for that. That's real sweet, Jen. That's real sweet. <laughs> She'll love you, though, anyway. Uh, yourself. She's going to love you. <laughs> Bless your heart. Anyway, what a day. Yeah. Well, Cisco, it's... Uh, this I is love how you Jen. bring things back to Scripture, though, and... 
our hope is in the Lord. Absolutely. And right now, uh, look, these guys are trying to maximize their powers. Okay. They're doing all this stuff. So one of the things that we are trying to get out on this broadcast, I shouldn't say trying. One of the things we're doing on this broadcast is we're telling you how to be as strong as you can for the Lord. And that's to avoid many of these things and to press into his word. We always are going to point you back to his word. Don't believe what Jeff says. Don't believe what Cisco says or Jesse says. Compare it to the word. And and as I said at the top of the show, we're going to get some things wrong sometimes. We're going to not interpret uh, it the way that maybe someone else does. I think there's so many different levels of depth to God's word that, you know, no one could find it's infinite. God's word is infinite. uh, (coughs) Otis, it's okay. Otis, Otis, run. Good boy. Mama's got it. Thank you for protecting me. That's a good boy. The doorbell can wait. Thank you. That's a good boy. That's a good boy. Thank you for protecting me. I love you too. Uh, you know, for those that have sit under these ministries, just ask the Lord to wash you in the blood of Jesus. He, he wants to anyway. But I love the I love John fifteen four. And those of you that have your Bible, you should mark this because this is so important. Let me do it by memory. (laughs) Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit. If itself. Of itself. Let me see of itself. Unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. Unless you abide in me. And who is the vine? I am the vine. I love that. Yeah. Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. So that should be our heart cry. That should be our heart cry after a a talk like this. Doesn't make you feel so good, does it? It doesn't always make you feel good. You know, sometimes knowledge comes with pain. It's like having a beautiful table uh, garnished with all beautiful china and crystal. And it's on a tablecloth, right? And somebody comes along and pulls the tablecloth out from underneath all the china and the crystal and everything is broken to a million pieces. That's the way so many are going to feel about this, Jeff, is they're going to feel like the very foundation that they trusted in is gone. Well, I think all of us are waking up to that. And And it's it's just waking up to the fact. It's hard. It is. It's hard. Uh, it's, I mean, it, it, this is not an easy journey, but you know, we must be wise. Uh, we're entering into darker days and, and uh, the tribulation is before our eyes and we've got to be grounded in truth. And it's not what I say it is. It's not what I want it to be, but it has to be based on God's word. And we have to call sin, sin. We have That's to right. call unrighteousness, unrighteous. And let's go back to John 15, 4. I abide in me and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And how do we abide in Christ? Through the word. Through the word of God. And through praying. And through the salvation plan. Well, I liked what you said last week, Cisco. Is repent, worship, pray. Yes. (laughs) Repeat. (laughs) Repent, worship, pray, repeat. Yes. And you know, the scripture says we're all sin and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. But you know what's so beautiful about God that I love about him, probably more than anything else outside of salvation, is that through repentance and praise, I can enter into his throne of righteousness. I can walk into his righteousness, and his righteousness makes me worthy. Yeah. And I love the fact that I don't have to depend on me because who am I? I am nothing. The Father will not see your sin. But in Christ, I become all things to all people because I'm in his righteousness and has made me worthy. And that's where we need to be. As you listen to this today, I know there's a many individuals out there that are going to have say, oh, what have I done? Where have I been? And I shouldn't have been there. And if this is true, what do I do with it? Repent. And worship. Just worship. And just and- step into God's righteousness. Step into his righteousness. Let the past die. Let the past be dead. And go forward. Go on. Yeah. Abide in the vine. Abide in the vine. Listen, folks, I, I don't want to be a broken record, but I can't recommend Behold a White Horse enough. This really, um, what what I like about it is, you know, I'm reading some other books like the Aquino stuff, and I have to do research for the show. Don't buy those books. You don't no. need to read them. <laughs> don't. I, it's part of my job, so I pray and I hope for, well, I trust in the protection. But Cisco, although her book exposes a lot of this stuff, you always throw in the balance. And I and I think what you had me read there was a good example of it. You know, here's the wolf in sheep's clothing. Here's God's purpose in it. And here's what God says about it. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I really encourage you. It, listen, it, it's it's probably taking me a year to get through this book with some of the other reading, but I do go back to it all the time and it's, she really has a gift in, uh, in writing. So I do recommend it at all. Just completely. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not upon your own understanding. You know, sometimes as we go through the journey of life, we wonder how did we allow certain things to happen in our life? Why did we go certain places? Because God is going to teach you. If you have not, you know, a child that has never tasted sugar will never miss sugar. That's right. A child that's never had a pop will never know what pop is. And if we haven't tasted sin and looked at sin, we'll never know what righteousness is. That's right. You wouldn't know. 
never know. God, God could have not allowed sin to come into the world. He, the devil didn't trick him and didn't surprise him that Adam mm-hmm. fell. Because otherwise, we would be compelled. He gave us a choice. And, and yeah. in fact, it was kind of like throwing one at Satan. Look, you know, you had everything and you fell. They are fallen because we're born into sin, but we choose to go up. It's like, it's a, it's this perfect plan. It's such a, the story is so big. It's so beautiful. It's only God could have written it, <laughs> right? I was thinking this, yes, Jeff, you're correct. I was thinking this morning when I woke up at 4.30 so I could be out of here so early. And I was thinking, you know, Lord, a two pound and one ounce baby girl. Who would have ever thought that I'd live to be such a ripe old age outside of the mercy of God and God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's promise. When he promised my mother, make an altar and I'll spare her life. God's been so faithful and true to my mother's promise. He promised my mother. And say how heavy you were born birth again, Cisco. Two pounds and one ounce. That and I is fit a- from the I fit from the palm tip of the palm uh, the tip of my t- dad's hand from the palm to the tip of his middle finger. That's how big I was, and my head was small enough to fit inside of a china teacup. Oh, we got a big question here. I don't know if it'll even fit on here but I have to put it up here so I can read it. Hey, Jeff and Cisco, I have a question. The last show, Cisco mentioned that pain was Satan's child. If it was so meant Cain's, uh, I think maybe that was a spell, correct? Cain was Satan's child. Uh, Cain's bloodline, half angel, half human, half Nephilim, what's to cast down to angels. So I think they're asking about uh, Satan's seed, essentially. The seed yeah. The seed line of Cain was... Uh, uh before uh Adam and Eve can even consummate their their relationship, Satan did appear in a in a for in a man's form and he seduced Steve. Eve produced two seed lines, one of Cain, which is the seed of Lucifer, and this and uh, Abel, who is the seed of righteousness. And that's where your good and evil comes in within the occult and your and your hierarchy within the Illuminati is the seed of Cain. So I want to say something on that because that's definitely what the system and the brotherhood teaches uh, and they protect that line. I know that uh, when we read the Bible, we see the story maybe in a different way and, and that's okay. Um, there, listen, there's some people who've done great etymology teachings and broken down. It was the Elohim and then, you know, all this, like it, Here's, here's, if you don't agree, and I think that was the purpose of that question, was that the person did not agree with what you said biblically. Well, if you look in my book, and I did a chapter on it, and you go into the Greek and you go into the Hebrew, you'll find that it's true unto itself. The word of God doesn't lie. And you know what? I, I'm not going to, I'll just say this. But you know why the church never taught this? Is because then you would know what the cult knows. 
then you would have found out hundreds of years ago what the dark side was all about and what the Illuminati was all about, what the Masons were all about at the higher levels. Uh, Then you'd have known what they knew and uh, they wouldn't have had the power that they had to destroy the churches. And so I just wanted to say, agree or disagree, it it's not a salvation issue. It's not a salvation issue. No, it has, it has nothing to do with salvation. It doesn't so, make any listen, difference. And besides, when we get to heaven, there's a, there is a halls of records or live hall. Or what am I trying to say? There are libraries. 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 There's so many libraries. We'll have eternity to read the libraries and then we'll know what God wants us to know and it'll be why God wants us to know and there won't be any flaws in it. So, you know, it really does. It's not a life and death issue. It's not, it has nothing to do with salvation. Um, If you don't want to believe it, don't. If you want to go one step farther into truth, then do your own research, do your own research. I'm I'm tempted to not today, of course, but I'm tempted to do that chapter on the air. I'd be happy to share that with you. Even the Dead Sea Scrolls gave evidence that it was true. It's all written in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Well, I will pray about that. Cisco, what a blessing to have you here, uh, and particularly on your birthday. And actually, well, I'm not going to give out the number, although I know it. But you look fabulous for your age. Let me Thank just you. say that. You look fabulous. And, you know, you. the audience just loves you. Um, well, and I, love I don't that. know if you can see the comments, but they uh, they certainly uh, have been sending birthday wishes and things well, like that to you. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. And pray for me as I pray for all of you. You know, I take very serious... Every time I'm on right on radio with Jeff, I take it very serious because see, I know that I'm accountable for every word that comes out of my mouth. I don't take this lightly. If I mislead you, I'm going to stand before God. And uh, and we're the only I'm, show that you've I'm shown your infallible. face on. I'm not infallible, but I do uh, trust the Lord that he's leading and guiding me into truth. Hey, just a, just a couple things before we go uh, for you researchers, for you diggers. Uh, we can't always do the politics stuff, but I just want to say uh, again, you know, when they've got you looking over at a war zone on the other side of the world mm-hmm. in Ukraine, uh, you got to watch out what's happening in your backyard yes. in particular. But there's also something else I want you to watch when you're looking over there. Um, and this is a good dig for anyone who's interested. But who is over there to help with the refugees? The people who have lost their homes and lost everything. The displaced people. Because at a time of war, that's when the trafficking people really mm-hmm. get in so you you know you mm-hmm. think of uh bill and killery and stuff like that and i i remember when uh ukraine was just starting to heat up by that uh actor sean penn who was on epstein island was like the first guy over there doing filming and you know you just 
know there's something rotten there. So uh, that's something I want everyone to kind of keep their eyes on because at the end of the day, humans are more precious than any jewel or any stone. Yes, right? pray for the children, Jeff. We need to pray for the children that are being rescued. Hundreds well, of the women and the men too. You know, um, they're worth something too. We don't want anyone. Yeah. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of children have been refuge, refuge. What am I? I'm tired. Can you tell I'm tired? Yeah. People want to know what the best Bible is, Cisco. King James. KJV. And I got to admit, I've been reading the, uh, the New American Standard Bible for quite some time, uh, but I really going back and doing the King James more well, and more. I've read both, but I always keep the King James at my side. It's my first primary. And yeah. then if I, you know, if I read any other translations, I always go back to the King James. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Uh, I, I like to compare. I like to read them mm -hmm. both because... Mm -hmm. The wording is a little bit different. You just get a bit more of a clear picture right. by comparing. And, right. uh, you know, because the English language is so limited. Mm -hmm. uh, the words are limited compared to the Greek and the Hebrew. And, mm -hmm. you know, so it's uh, it's always good. But the other thing I wanted to bring up, and it's obviously because of the war, and just some of you might not be aware of this, but, you know, obviously inflation is through the roof. They're telling mm -hmm. you it's like 7%. It's like 30% yeah. or more. Go to your grocery store. It's 30%. So, you know, there's a lot of people who are hurting now, uh, yeah. gas prices, and they're going to keep going up. And by the way, make no mistake, this is part of the whole reset agenda. This is to kill the middle class and small That's business. exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, so gas is going to go up to $10 a gallon. Oh, no doubt. It's 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 heading there. So and, yeah. Jeff, two weeks ago, I could buy milk for a dollar sixty-nine a gallon. I went yesterday and it was five. And I had to turn around and, and I didn't buy it. I couldn't. I can't budget that tight. That is ridiculous. Yeah, get ready for the hundred dollar loaf of bread. Well, I say. You know, for those that are thinking about the future, I believe within six months there may not be anything on the shelves. I mean, if I'm just from what I've heard, but yeah, I prepare. would say, I would say prepare, but buy. Don't forget flour because flour comes out of Ukraine, and all the and fertilizer comes from Russia. Yeah, and so uh, make sure you get flour. Make sure you get baking soda and baking powder. Because you're going to need that for dumplings and so forth, and for making pies. And um, if you can, put a garden in, and and dry everything you can get your hands on. Yeah, start getting. And you know, instead of buying, I make a suggestion to a lot of mothers that are out there that have usually every year have beautiful flower gardens in their front. Instead of flowers, put in garden. Put in yeah. a garden. Uh, squash and zucchini because it grows well on, on the topsoil. And maybe get a dehydrator as well. Yes. Well, most people can't afford that, Jeff. Yeah, they're a few hundred bucks. But if you can, it's a good way to uh, mm -hmm. to put away stuff, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, and you know where it was grown, you know, you took care of it. So I, I don't yeah. have one, but I, it's something I would consider doing. And the simple thing, 
um, somebody was telling me the other day that even notebook paper and tablets are going to skyrocket because they come out of China. So you might want to get an extra year's supply of uh, school material for your kids, paper, pens, pencils, because they're going to rocket. <laughs> And and by the way, all all your smart devices when they go into Taiwan, that's where all the chips come from. Right, and don't forget to get oil for your car and filters. Yeah, keep gas. Try to cover your bases, people, because things are going to get tight. So one one of the reasons why I brought this up, and a lot of people don't know, you hear me talking about my Liberty Stand and things like that, but. Uh, we don't really talk about that you can actually make a bit of a home business out of it and make, mm -hmm. you know, you can actually end up getting your stuff for free pretty quickly. Um, so that, so if you're saving 150 bucks at the grocery store, mm -hmm. for instance, that's 150 bucks in your pocket. That might've just made up for the gas difference. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not hard work. It's a, it's you get stuff you can do from home. It's something you can get behind, um, you know, so we always say, listen, shop American, shop Canadian. By the way, we will have an announcement about the UK. We will have an announcement about Singapore, about uh, Australia really soon, just working through some of the details on how to roll it out. But essentially, we're going to be rolling it out. Uh, I can guarantee you that at this point. But there is a way for you to, you know, offset your costs and, and maybe even protect yourself a little bit more financially as well. Not to mention very healthy products, uh, no cabal stuff in it. You know, it's, uh, it's really good for you. So I just encourage you, if you haven't yet, um, go to mylibertystand.com and one of your fellow listeners will walk you through it and uh, certainly, you know, answer any of the questions. And Cisco, you've actually been experiencing some of the products oh i'm uh, they're very very good products uh i've only had them a couple weeks but uh i'm testing and i'm liking what i see yeah i'm the packaging, really packaging everything it's it's mm -hmm. really done classy so yeah. hey just please uh please consider it if you haven't go to mylibertystand.com uh if you have gone there before and, and sometimes i don't know what happens on the technical end some people say, hey, we reached out and no one got, we we steward every single person that contacts us. Maybe something broke or that you didn't put in uh, an address. I don't know. If you're one of those people who uh, has contacted and you say you've never been contacted, send me an email directly to writeonjeff at gmail.com and I will ensure that you are contacted and I'll reply to you. Just put my liberty stand in the subject so i see it out of the uh, hundreds or of emails that i get every week so it does stand out but it's important to me it's important to jesse and uh and we appreciate you well listen god bless you cisco i thank you so much for being here and spending this time with us uh you really are part of the right on radio family uh you're a good friend of mine i really have love in my heart for you my wife loves you as well. She said she couldn't believe. She goes, the voice doesn't match that beautiful hair when she saw you for the first time. And that so, is my hair. I don't have any color or anything on my hair. This is my hair. Yeah. It's always been the color of my hair. I have never known anything, but 
thing. I always wanted to be dark haired. Well, it's funny I you sent me a picture. You uh, sent me yeah. a picture of you when you were about my age now, and I'm going, "Wowza, how's hey." <laughs> That was a, you're a very attractive woman and uh, well, thank you. Well, God God's has been, preserved you well. Yeah. Well, God's been faithful and true. That's all I know. You know, that's true. And that sounds like that's all I know. It's very simple. That's all I know is that God's been faithful and true. That's right. When life boils down and we look over our life, only what's done for Christ will last. And all we know is what God has done. He's been so faithful and true. You know, in a way, Jeff, I'm homesick for heaven. I am so homesick. I just want to go home and be with the Lord. I just homesick. I just want to have fellowship with him. Like we once, you know, before we were conceived, we went around the throne of God. All of us did. And we praised and worshiped him. And he was the keeper of the living soul. We went around his throne room. And we interacted with God before we were conceived. And I'm homesick. I want to go home. I want to go see my Jesus. I want to go see my Lord. We will be there forever, but I want to soak up every moment in this life. And honestly, I want more souls for the kingdom. You know, Lord, use me. So do I. So do I. But I'm still homesick. I'm still homesick. I mean, I'm uh, whatever yeah. the Lord. You well, know, when I we believe, see what's going on in the world, it's not easy to yeah. be here when you know what that place, what, what the kingdom's like. Well, you know, I don't even think about that, Jeff. And you know why? Because I know God is sufficient. Yes, He's he is. sufficient. And wherever I am and whatever stay I, I'm in, he will be there. And he'll bring me through. So let we don't. That's where our mind needs to be. We need to be so tightly stayed on God that no matter where we are, what we're doing, God is in the middle. He's in the middle of the storm. He's on the mountaintop. How big is God? Taller than a mountain, taller than a tree, broader than an ocean, but not too far away. He holds the stars in his hand. Yes, he does. Actually, yes, he Cisco, does. you know what? I've got to take advantage of you being here. Oh my goodness. Uh, would you pray for the audience before as we close out? Yes. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Yeshua Hamashiach. Father, it's such an honor just to be here in your presence, to call upon your name, to know that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, and to just have that sweet fellowship with you. Just to just to talk to you, just to just to know that you're here. And that you're our God, you're our Lord, you're our Savior, you're our soon-coming King. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. You're Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, to cover each and every one that is listening to this broadcast today and, and throughout history, throughout eternity. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to bless them, cover them with your precious blood. Bring in your ministering angels to uphold them by your right hand. And, Lord, guide them and lead them along the path of righteousness that you might be glorified. And we give you all the praise and glory in Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 And with that, happy birthday, Cisco. But before you. you go, you need to remember a couple things. What's that? Love your God. Love oh, your yeah. family. Love your neighbor as yourself. And make a difference in your community. 
Absolutely. What a good recipe for life. 